It's the first ever QuestCast football card investing and collecting. My name is Carter of Power Hour LSU, along with Andy. You know him. The podcast is named after you, Andy, the Fantasy Football Card Quest, man. Dude, this is the hype period. We are launching this during the most important time of the fantasy football and football card investing and collecting community. And this is obviously the most important question, Andy. Like people are going through their stacks and going through their top loaders and going through their penny sleeves, and they're trying to decide what they should do with their cards right now. So let's just say someone, Andy, for the first time is watching this show and they're coming across this podcast. What would be the first thing you would say to them as far as what they should do during this very critical moment? Well, Carter, man, uh, yeah, that, no, that's a great question because right now there are a lot of rookie cards going up in value for players that are climbing in their depth charts. They're, they're getting bigger uh, opportunity shares. They're, they're generating more production on the field. Take Teddy Bridgewater as a prime example right. from today, you know, so – those are the kind of things that right now I'm selling a lot of cards. I would take a full evaluation of all the cards you have and look at those players' positions in their depth charts and look at the the market size of the team they're on and and go to eBay and look at what the recently solds are. Like go to eBay and and type in their their draft year and the player name. And then just go down the side on the left and click that little sold items button and see what's selling for that player. Right. See what kind of movement there is, you know, being generated, what the values are, that kind of stuff. And you see, this is what's funny, Andy, is that for those that don't know, Andy with, you know, probably a beard that I wish I could have. I can't ever connect my beard, man. But no, the, I, I came across your YouTube channel last year. And since then, you know, we've had this friendship for pretty much exactly a year now. And I was very new to all of this. And what did I do? I went and bought all the shiny Joe Burrow uniforms in his LSU uniform. And it was you that told me that college uniform cards don't have long-term value. And just to give people some specifics, I bought six Joe Burrow college uniform cards for $300. And you told me to sell them. And I sold them for $550 and those six cards now all raw, they might be total 50 to a hundred dollars, obviously. So, you know, it is very key for, for me because, you know, you've been doing this for a little bit longer than I do, Andy. Uh, it, it's so key for people to understand that if you're new to this and there's going to be more experienced collectors listening to this, it is so key going into this to have a plan. Because last year, Andy, I did not have a plan, and I was spending all this money on all these college uniform cards knowing that they did not have long-term value. And this is very key. You know, I'm glad you brought up Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater plays quarterback, and Teddy Bridgewater plays, you know, for the Denver Broncos medium-sized market. But do you actually believe that Teddy Bridgewater is a long-term option, someone that is a long-term hold, someone that you think is going to be a, a long-term quarterback in the NFL? 
And Andy, the answer to that is no. As much as people love Teddy Bridgewater, that's not a guy that I would buy right now, especially now that the Teddy Bridgewater market is at its hottest. So if you are new, the first thing is you're going to be like me and you're going to think, okay, Teddy Bridgewater's in the news and everyone likes Teddy Bridgewater. He's got a great personality. He's got a great smile and he's going to hook up with Jerry Judy a bunch of times through the air and KJ Hamler. But here's the thing that may or may not happen. And if it does happen, Andy, it's definitely not going to last for more than a year or two because there's no way Teddy Bridgewater is like their long-term option at quarterback. So like you talk about on your channel and like you gave me the information last year, it is very uh, it's very important to understand when players are hot and to avoid spending too much money during this time period because this is when the prices are the highest. Yeah, that's critical, Carter. T- typically, and what I've seen going back to last year, um, you know, when I got back in the hobby uh, last April, now at this point, right. no news around the player is typically a good time to buy. When it's really quiet, you haven't heard anything about that player, uh, there's been no relevant or recent news, that's typically a good time to buy. When the news comes out or when they have a big uh, two-touchdown, 100-yard game like Marquez Callaway did the other night, that's when it's time to sell. And if you're buying after that that kind of uh, production happens or that kind of news is released, like Teddy Bridgewater today, you know, getting announced the QB1 in Denver, that's when it's it's time to sell. And if you're buying at that time, you're going to be paying a, a premium with that additional hype factor, you know, baked into that that value, that rookie card. It's so key. And this is what's very interesting. So you brought up eBay a little bit earlier, and I use eBay. It's a, it's a great service, and it's very important to understand how to do the sold items check. And look, I would avoid a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. And honestly, Andy, I'm avoiding basically any non-legendary quarterback right now, okay? Perfect example of this is I am a Joe Burrow collector, right? Mm -hmm. But even me, as diehard of a Joe Burrow fan as you're going to find, his prices are around the same amount as guys like Matt Ryan or guys like Phillip Rivers. In fact, you know, his prices are higher on a lot of his – PSA 10, even Mosaic, not even like the most important set. So understand that there is risk when you put money into Justin Herbert and you put money into guys like Joe Burrow. And this is so key, Andy. And you talk about it on your channel. You talk about it on on your live streams. You talk about it to us, you know, privately. And this is a reason why, you know, we wanted to do this podcast because what we talk about with you and the David Hunters and the Michael Hams and all these sharp card guys that that we've gotten to meet through this hobby and, and talk to on your channel, we want to share important information like we're talking about now with all our listeners. And this to me is probably the biggest piece of advice that I've learned. And through the money that I've lost, through some of the money that I've gained, is understanding how hard it is to actually make a sale. You know, it's it's hard to sell cards. It's hard to get people to buy a card for the price that you think it's going to be worth during this time period. So understand when you're buying something and you're intending to invest or flip something that it's going to be double 
like the difficulty to actually sell and make profit off of it. So to me, it's also key to keep in mind, Andy, during this time to keep yourself within a reasonable budget if you do buy. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, I, talk, I, I think about it a lot like, you know, the bankroll principles that they teach uh, professional poker players teach. You right. know, you don't ever want to go to a, a $100 poker table when your total bankroll is $100, you know. And I think about that same thing in football card investing. So if my total bankroll or total, you know, allowance for investing in, in flipping football cards is $100, I'm going to start out with a 10 or $20 card purchase. You know, so that way, if that purchase doesn't work out for whatever reason, maybe it's uh, like you bought a Cam Akers rookie card and then he tears his Achilles and now he's not going to be relevant. You're you're definitely not going to make any money on that rookie card. Now he is very young, so you're safe to hold on to that rookie card till next year. But if you would have spent a hundred dollars on that one card, now you're you're out, you know, exactly, man. And this is what leads us to our next topic, right, is understanding the difference between quarterbacks and everyone else. Okay. Mm. And, and, and look at this, Andy, you and I both feel this way. And there are some really diehard football collectors that feel this way. We want the position players in this industry to grow. That's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is yes. Andy and I do collect a lot of quarterbacks, right? But to me, it's weird as a football fan that Jordan Love cards, especially in PSA 10, a guy that we have never even seen play, Andy. I know he has a cool name. I understand that, you know, when Patrick Mahomes came out and everyone's looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, Jordan Love has, you know, similar arm strength to Patrick Mahomes. He has similar mobility to Patrick Mahomes, but we have never seen him make an NFL start. But it's just the hype of potentially Jordan Love being a starter at some point. His cards are worth way more than some cards of guys like DeAndre Hopkins, who is a position player who is likely going to go to the Hall of Fame. Maybe with one or two more seasons, that creates a Hall of Fame lock opportunity. You can get some good D-Hop rookie cards, even now during the hype part of this for some really good prices. And yes, will the position player boom ever happen? Well, Andy, you you you've brought this up, but it, it could be booming now because there were some Cam Aker cards that were selling for quite a bit, playing for the Rams, playing for McVay, playing from a big school uh, in Florida State. He was a five-star recruit. Athletic, athletic profile was really good. And he tours ACL. So this would be one thing. And I, I'm interested in, in how you feel about this, Andy, because we didn't talk about this in the prep. All right? all right. I think there is some value in going after a guy like Julio Jones or a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Or I, I looked at some some Adrian Peterson prices recently, guys that we know are going to be Hall of Famers down the road. Mm-hmm. Yes, position players aren't ever going to be where quarterbacks are. But that doesn't mean that those guys aren't decent investments for right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think those guys are decent investments um, because of, well, Adrian Peterson, we know is a lock for the Hall of Fame, right? So, right. I mean, he he's still a free agent right now, though, isn't he? Yes. 
He is. So, so he might not even play next season. He, he might not, but I mean, I have seen pictures of him. I know he's working out. He's staying healthy, but he is, he's getting up there. I, I could see a team. I was actually thinking uh, maybe the Rams would sign him after the Cam Akers, you know, Cam Akers news. And then Daryl Henderson just uh, banged his thumb. And, and I think they did get a little nervous. So they did sign, or the the rumor is they're picking up Sony Michelle from the New England Patriots. Let's go. Um, but I, I see big opportunity in those players like DeAndre Hopkins or Adrian Peterson or Mike Evans, um, guys like that, or Julio Jones, that they really maybe just with uh, one more championship or uh, another couple really dominant seasons of performance, they're, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. And those are great long-term investments. Guys that are in the Hall of Fame, you know, going all the way back to vintage football cards, that's the kind of cards that, you know, we want to collect as collectors. We want the Hall of Fame uh, players. And um, those personalities, you know, the, the stories, like the backstory, DeAndre Hopkins got an incredible, you know, backstory. So there's a lot of, color. There, you know, there's a lot of color and flavor to his story, not just him as the football player. So that, that drives a lot of collectability factor to his rookie cards as well. And then I look at things like DeAndre Hopkins specifically being a 2013 rookie. That was the first year that uh, Panini, who's like the mega manufacturer of football cards, they got the stranglehold. They've got the exclusive NFL contract. And I think we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, later because uh, that uh. may change in the future. But... Panini started producing their their product in 2012, their licensed NFL product in 2012. And then in 2013, they brought back the select product, which was uh, printed in the 90s a little bit. And they brought it back through Panini. And so 2013 was the first year that they printed select. So you've got, you know, a first year select card which also has collectability factor in and of itself because it was the inaugural year of a of that specific product and this is this leads me to the player that i'm conflicted about andy oh my goodness i'm so conflicted about this guy odell beckham jr okay now now now, now hear me out just for a second okay i actually am a holder of an odell beckham raw prism silver I'm also a holder of two of his base rookies and a few other of his inserts. And I'm going through a a, a little tough period now with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. And if you're holding Odell Beckham Jr. cards, it's very interesting that you can go look and see his, you know, his PSA 10s are around a hundred or so dollars. And we're talking about the NFL player out of all non-position, non-quarterbacks, his Instagram following is the biggest. His fan base is the absolute biggest. He is still huge with kids. Walk around, you still see kids with the Odell Beckham Jr. haircut. In fact, me as an adult had the Odell Beckham Jr. haircut. And I run an LSU YouTube channel. I freaking love this guy. And to me, it's interesting because his card price is going to be heavily influenced this year by how he actually plays. Because we, you know, you go from the New York Odell and then the Cleveland Odell hasn't been that great. So the thing that you have to do is, I allowed my emotion. I actually got the Odells in a big lot. I got like a ten card insert lot for sixty dollars, and the silver itself is selling for about fifty five, sixty right now. So I mean, I mean, I made a good purchase on it, but I'm going through whether or not I want to buy it or hold it and this is the key 
Okay. And this is what you have to do with the cards that you might have from that era. You have to ask yourself this question. If their careers ended today, are they or are they not a Hall of Fame player? And with Odell Beckham Jr., he's not a Hall of Famer right now. Okay. You can make a strong case that Mike Evans, who has a Super Bowl ring, has seven consecutive 1,000-yard receiving years. And here's the thing, Andy. You're a Mike Evans fan. You're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I am a New Orleans Saints fan slash Cincinnati Bengals fan. I hate Mike Evans because he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and he went to Texas freaking A&M, okay? Forget about College Station. But the thing is, Mike Evans, to me, is a safer investment, and his prices are going to be a little bit lower. And that's even if... His target share goes down this year with Antonio Brown and all those guys. You know, it's going to take, you know, a lot for Mike Evans to just fall off a cliff. I think he's got a few more thousand yard seasons in him. And because of that, I, I think, you know, he, he's, you know, a little bit better uh, of a long term hold, in, in my opinion. But um, I'm glad you brought him up. I, I do want to get to this topic here, Andy. And I do think this is the most important topic as far as new collectors coming into this and collectors that just rip this year, there was more variety with college cards, right? So we had the NFL draft picks prism already come out. We had the NFL contenders, which I ripped a lot of including this for those that are listening on it. You don't see it. You know, this base Elijah Moore. Okay. I don't know. are, Are you a big Elijah Moore guy this year? At a at a at a Ole Miss with the Jets, I I'm feeling it, man. But I, I think uh, I think he's going to get a lot of production there. I like what I've seen from Zach Wilson so far, and Elijah Moore's got some juice in the tank, man. So, but here's the funny thing, Andy Frederick Kaysen the third. Okay, that's not your real name, <laughs> but still, uh, it sounded good. Here's the thing: if you're watching this, or if you're listening to this right now. And you are like you think Elijah Moore is going to go to the Hall of Fame. This is his field level base card, so not really that collectible or whatever. You don't want this card in his Ole Miss uniform, Andy. No. So here's what I recommend people do: sell, sell your college uniform cards now, and thank us later because, like I shared earlier with the Joe Burrow thing, y- you've. You might think Joe Burrow's the next Joe Montana, and he was absolutely great at LSU. But right now, college uniform cards don't hold long-term value. Well, yeah, that's the thing, Carter. So once the main Panini retail set, so here on September 8th, Base Donruss is going to be released by Panini. It's going to be released in Walmart's Targets, um, all the major retail outlets, and it's going to portray the 2021 rookie class in their professional NFL uniforms with the rated rookie logo for the top 100 uh, drafts, draft selections. And when that happens, and then shortly after that, a week after that, Mosaic is released with, with the same you know theme. And when that happens, all these cards of depicting these professional players in their college uniforms, even though it's got a rookie card logo, unless it's autographed or super rare, then they just all lose value because the majority of collectors and investors are going to go for that professional. 
because the player is not uh, getting into the NFL Hall of Fame based on their college career. They're getting into the NFL Hall of Fame based on their NFL career. So it just, um, those get lost in the shuffle. They get lost in the dust, except for very rare ones that are autographed, very short print. It's a lot of times they'll even uh, engrave or, or imprint, you know, memorabilia in them, maybe game or event worn jersey material, stuff like that or very low serial number being very rare, those can hold value long-term. Sure, but these all these base ones, they, they've lost value. I've gone back um, all the way to 2018 when Baker Mayfield was taken 1.1. Same thing happened with him as soon as his Browns jersey rookie cards were released. Same thing with Kyler Murray in 2019. And then the biggest one was last year with Joe Burrow in 2020. And you would think that of all of those guys, Joe Burrow's rookie cards, uh, you know, portraying him in the LSU uniform would hold value because of how legendary his run at LSU was and the records that he set and broke. And he was the first Heisman Trophy winner from LSU since 1959. Exactly. You know, and and so it just it just mind blowing to think that even his rookie cards in his LSU uniform lost value once those rated rookies from Donruss came out, once the rookie cards from Mosaic came out, and then the the uh, the optics come out, the National Treasures, the the Prism, the Select, and they just those collegiate uniform cards get lost in the dust, man. Yeah, they do. And this is coming from a college guy. I'm a college guy. I do college football YouTube. I'm also a big NFL guy, but I'm a college guy first, and I love college uniform cards. And, you know, I rip a lot of draft picks. I ripped a lot of contenders. And I want to show, for those that are actually watching, I actually pulled a pretty nice Trevor Lawrence silver-rated rookie. Okay, and I pulled this card about, you know, a month ago. And you want to know what the price was on, on eBay auctions. Just give it your best guess a month ago what this card was going for uh, on eBay, Andy. Mm, $40. $80. $80. And guess what I did? I sat and I held it. I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with it. And now they're going for less than $40. They're going for roughly $35. And this is one of the more short print silver. It's not numbered, but this is Trevor Lawrence, a guy that is, as much as I love Joe Burrow, I don't think he's better than Joe Burrow, but he he's had twice the hype as Joe Burrow, the highest rated quarterback prospect ever uh, is since Andrew Luck. And that just goes to show you, even a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Now, some of his autographs went for like $11,000, $12,000, which is just ridiculous to me. It wasn't even numbered autographs. It wasn't even on-card autographs. So you might be a college football fan like me, but understand, that someone that is a diehard LSU collector and LSU outside of Alabama, maybe LSU's got some of the more memorable players in the NFL right now. Understand that the college uniform cards just now, if you collect them, once again, this is the most important thing. And this is something we're going to stress on this podcast. If you do collect college uniform cards, do what you want to do, do whatever you want to do as far as a hobby is concerned. But we're also here to give you investing device and, uh, and understanding how to, to budget, budget yourself and understand that college uniform cards just don't hold the same value. So Andy, guess what I decided to do with this Trevor Lawrence card? Well, I pulled a few other ones, but I decided to just put 99 cent eBay auctions on it. And right now, you know, the, 
they're doing okay. I should have just did that from the get-go. And, you know, those seven-day auctions starting at 99 cents, those aren't the absolute worst things as far as, you know, getting a card out quickly or going on Twitter and, and putting it up for like 10 or $15 under comps uh, so you don't have to deal with eBay fees or, or, or Instagram or whatever, Starstock, whatever you want. Well, you can't do Starstock with college uniforms. But still, you know, just getting it out there as soon as you can and selling it as soon as you can, which – I also think you should be doing that right now still with your college yeah. uniform card. So put – would you agree with that? I mean, a 99-cent yeah. eBay auction, you're, you're not going to – I mean, yes, eBay's going to get their fees, but you're also going to get the most eyeballs out there as well, right? Yeah, I think you're going to get the most eyeballs out there as well. And, and right now, you know, there is only two uh, Panini sets, Gold Standard and Panini Elements, that have the NFL players – portrayed in their professional uniforms but those sets are both hobby only they're only sold in hobby boxes very expensive the wow the price on a gold standard hobby box is over three thousand dollars thirty five hundred dollars for a hobby box of gold standard and you know it's like five cards per pack and like 10 packs in in the hobby box so and you're not guaranteed to get a trevor lawrence but if you did pull one it's probably going to be with a jersey patch probably an autograph numbered out of you know, 99 or less, and it's going to have him in that Jaguars uniform. But those are the only products out, and those products are very expensive. So if someone wanted to uh, collect a Trevor Lawrence card right now, their options are very limited. They're going to be, you know, presented with your card right there, or or maybe that field level from Chronicles, or maybe his Prism draft picks. And you look at that, it's like, man, it's got the rated rookie logo. It's got that Prism, silver Prism on the front of it. And it's like, boom, that's, you know, I, I could see someone buy, paying $40, $50 all day long for that card right now, not knowing that based Donruss is going to be released in another, uh, you know, just a couple weeks here. And their their options are going to go up tremendously in what they have to, to invest in, you know. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think those products are really uh, – you could flip them, right? You could flip them because they're the only thing available when they're released. There's no other cards available for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and these guys. So, you know, if you want to take advantage of that, maybe you get your hands on some retail product, like you're saying, you rip it open. Right. But if you're if you're an investor, then you want to definitely sell those as soon as possible to capitalize on that new product hype and capitalize on the fact that the supply of, you know, a variation of rookie cards for that player is very low. And and this is also a very important point as well. Uh, some people that are listening to this via podcast right now, or you know wherever you're watching this, you 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 live in an area where you have LCSs, where you have your local card shops, right. and this is where what what you want as a collector comes into play as well. Okay, so Andy, since you are an investor and you do on you do like you know the the monetary side of it, but you're also a collector. You tend to stay away from whipping. <laughs> you stay away from ripping wax. Okay. Because I do. This, this is a question that I get a lot from my friends. I want to get back into card collecting and you get a lot <laughs> as a lot of your friends get back into card collecting as well. Well, where do I go buy a box? Where do I go buy a box? <laughs> well, 
we're about to give, and I'm, I'm going to share this, and it's going to sound bad. It's going to sound deflating. However, ripping wax is very overrated. Okay? it's It just is. This is not the old days anymore where you can go buy a box for $10 and just rip whatever. And, you know, it's only $10. You go on an LCS, a lot of people are intimidated by the prices, and it scares them away from the hobby. And we'll, in a different podcast coming up, we'll start getting into what breaks are. Um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll get into all the psychology and math and investing as far as breaks are concerned. But I would also recommend, especially right now, stay away from buying boxes and focus mostly on selling your singles now um, because boxes are mostly a money pit because unless you pull Trevor Lawrence RPA out of 25, you're not going to make the money back on an immaculate box. Uh, you could buy a really, you could buy a Prism Mega box from last year, 2020, unless you pull a Herbert, unless you pull a Tua, unless you pull a Joe Burrow, you're not going to make your money back more than likely on that Mega box. So, Andy, I do think it's important to let people know, and I know it's simple for people like me and you that have been in it for a while, but stay away from the wax uh, at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, your your chances of of pulling something that's actually gonna to pay off, especially if you're buying that that wax off of eBay, <laughs> you're probably pay, paying twice as much as what you would buy it for in the retail store. So, right. um, man, it's 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 really tough. I, I think your best investment you now, a really safe investment, is to buy sealed products, sealed wax, uh, blaster boxes, mega boxes, and just hold it sealed. I know that's really hard to do. I can't do it for football. <laughs> you know, so I, I could I could do it for basketball, baseball, no problem. And I, I actually did that. I got lucky over Christmas, got some NBA hoops premium stock. I had no problem holding that sealed. I was able to triple my money on that product within a couple months, you right. know, just by holding it and reselling it. But once you open that product, I mean, your chances of get of, of pulling a card that's actually going to pay off, you know, for what you invested in that box is low especially if you bought it off of a secondary marketplace like like eBay. So I, I'll, sh- I'll share this little bit of information as well. You know, th- and th- this is very key. It's going to sound crazy. Let's just say you listened to this podcast and you went out ahead and bought wax anyway, okay? And you're new to collecting and you want to rip and you ripped 10 years ago when – you were in the prime of your career and you still had kneecaps that you could run on and you didn't your your head wasn't full of gray hair. I'm looking you I, I think I'm speaking to some guy named Jeff who was in that exact position. Yeah, he, he's uh, Jeff is like, Well, forget these guys. I'm gonna go spend a thousand five hundred dollars on three boxes. I'm gonna pull Justin Herbert black mosaic one of one and I'm gonna laugh all the way to the bank. But here's the thing, Andy. Do you have the proper equipment? to handle that card afterwards because that then gets into penny sleeves and top loaders and one touches and all you have to do to keep that card in pristine condition. So also understand when you are ripping product right now, you might not get a card in its condition that you might not get a gym mint. There might be a print line on it. You might hold it, go crazy 
and then spill a, a, a bowl of, of chicken wing sauce on it. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You might freak out. You might rub the corners the wrong way. You might rub the edges the wrong way. And next thing you know, that PSA 10, you actually did pull is now a PSA eight. It, it's it. There's so much that goes into, you know, rip and wax. And that's something else that I think it's very important uh, to, to avoid during this time period. And, I understand that this podcast is a lot more general and a lot of people already know that, but it is very important if you are someone that just search football cards and you're just watching it, listening to this podcast to understand that ripping wax can be uh, something that could be very deadly to your bankroll. Now, one more thing really quickly, Andy, uh, before we get into, you know, this big fanatic story, uh, defensive players. Okay. Now, you and I last year, we thought that there would be some movement for defensive players. It didn't happen. What should people do as far as defensive players right now? We're talking about the Nick Bosa's. We're talking about the Aaron Donald's. We're talking about the Jalen Ramsey's, the elite guys. What what should we do? Well, I, I, I mean, I think first and foremost, right, if you're a collector, then go for it. Um, and now if you want to invest in defensive players, I do think there is a market for that, but I think your strategy has got to be, if I'm going to invest in, in Nick Bosa or Aaron Donald or any of these guys, I want to get a card that's autographed and or serial numbered because that's going to, that's just going to increase your, your chances and the odds that card's going to you know, be more uh, collectible. It's going to have a better investment value, um, autographs and, and or serial numbers, you know, really go a long ways towards, uh, imp- you know, holding the value of that card and, and making money. And so, and I, and I would stick to the, the more elite, you know, pass rushers and defensive backs and just any elite defensive player you want to invest in and, and go, and look at their prism silver autograph card and and see what I mean a lot of times you can probably find those cards right now for like 20 bucks or something like that and and the difference between buying a a base select you know Nick Bosa versus a 25 30 dollar prism silver autograph I mean that that you should spend up for that all day long because day. that card's going to be significantly more rare and it's going to have a um a much better ROI in the long run. You know, it's funny, Andy, and we're going to get into this really briefly in a second about slabs and buying higher end stuff and going for that. I saw a, a, a Luke Keekley BGS 10 pristine autograph 10 numbered, I believe to 100 recently and I almost bought it for like $400 recently. I was like, that is the highest quality card. And I believe it was, uh, his prism rookie or his select rookie, and it was numbered. It was low. We're talking about a future Hall of Famer. And if defensive players, you know, go up in price, I'm not sure if it ever will happen. I hope it does. You know, I'm a defensive guy. I like defenses. I like Aaron Donald. I myself am a Tyron Matthew collector uh, because he's a honey badger and obviously marketability through the roof. NFL All Decades team. You know, to me, I think there there is an opportunity. I do think if you believe in football cards 
at some point, defensive players, even though they're not involved with fantasy, and most of you are fantasy football players, at some point, there's all these new metrics we have that shows the value of a defensive player, such as PFF grades and and all of that. I think that will become more mainstream at some point. And the fact that you can get, you know, a, a numbered Aaron Donald card, probably, you know, less than a hundred dollars somewhere, a, a rookie, you know, you can, you know, make a play with that. But on the other end of it, understand that just because a player is really good at what they do doesn't mean that they move the needle. I think a, a, an interesting player is like someone like, let, let's just say Levante David, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. You're a diehard Levante David fan. Mm-hmm. I believe he was in that 2012 Prism rookie class. And you also have that card, Andy. It was a first-year Prism, which obviously you know increases its value. But you do have to also answer this question. Does random Joe X know who Levante David is? And the answer to that is no, they don't. So just because a player is good doesn't mean that their card value means something. You know, even though it's not the sport, there is a difference in a Tim Duncan rookie and a Kobe Bryant rookie, okay? Just like how you would perceive both of their personalities is the same way that their card prices are reflected in the market. So understand, and and this kind of goes with, with, uh, you know, the offensive players as well, you know, you know, the personality does kind of sort of matter. Their fame kind of sort of does matter, especially if you are going to do something as far as getting uh, a defensive player. Uh, even though Levante David is, you know, top 10 linebacker in the NFL, top 10 linebacker of the past decade, clock in, clock out. He's the London Fletcher of this more modern era. That doesn't mean that his card price is going to reflect that. No, no, you're right. So if, if I'm going to take the, the investment and in flipping angle to Levante David, I want to get something that I can essentially control the, the market on him, control the right. supply. Like you're talking about that Luke Keekley card. If you bought that and you're the only person that has that Luke Keekley card, so all you need is one other high-end Luke Keekley fan or Luke Keekley collector and investor to be able to liquidate that card and, and sell it for a potential profit because at that point you can kind of name your price if you if you hold the only card that is floating around in any of the marketplaces that that we know about then you can name your price so it, it's a big difference between that and then buying like a base tops chrome rookie card or just a base prism rookie card of that player when there's a hundred of them floating around then you're right it takes a lot to move that needle and the needle just does not move very much on defensive players, even the elite ones, like it does for even, you know, our skill position players, but then our quarterbacks, which, you know, as we can see, the needle can move very easily on those guys. And it, it makes their base cards even, you know, liquid, uh, liquidable. I don't think that's a word. Uh, liquid. Liquidable. <laughs> liquidable. Liquidable. <laughs> you come to the fantasy football card quest podcast not for linguist. You see, I can't even say it. Not for what is it? Diction or ling, li, we're not linguist. Linguist. But anyway, <laughs> you know, 
I, I want to get into, so we talked about defensive players and, you know, the, this is very key as well. Quarterbacks. Okay. This baffles me. All right. Now make this make sense to me. Andy Theodore, the third of Nottingham, Josh Allen prices are through the roof right now. Okay. And I understand Josh Allen, Buffalo bills, almost the MVP in the NFL last season, Brian Dable, a lead offensive coordinator is going to put up some big numbers, but Lamar Jackson, who his prices are half Lamar uh, of, of Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson also has an MVP in the uh, in the back pocket. Lamar Jackson has one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson also won a Heisman Trophy. So you also have the ridiculous college career. Uh, Lamar Jackson to me is more popular, but for whatever reason, Josh Allen's prices are double than that of Lamar Jackson. I walked into an LCS recently, and and they were wondering the same thing. They had a Lamar Jackson numbered um, RPA that was very interesting to me, and it 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 was numbered at a twenty three, and it was a select rookie. Uh, I almost got it. I almost actually put up the money for it. I decided not to. I would be very careful of more modern quarterbacks right now, Andy. And I understand that there's a lot of people coming into the hobby right now that spent the two that, that saw the $2 million Brady purchase. And they're like, okay, I need to get the next Tom Brady. I need to get money into quarterbacks right now. I think there's even some volatility with Justin Herbert right now, as far as buying his prices. I don't know what the heck to attack of Iloa. And I've seen people spending over a thousand for his kabooms and his very rare inserts and Tua really will fuller's his number one option Devonte parker who's never really done anything and uh to me an, a, a trickier afc east than a lot of people think you know it's going to be i just don't know andy if there is a quarterback that i am just in in love with just knowing the prices and knowing that this is a hype period right now. And I, I feel that way about slabbed and, and raw cards. Am I being too conservative or is there something that I'm missing here? No, no, I, I don't think you're being too conservative uh, because you gotta, you gotta also think that, um, you know, last year was a huge boom for sports cards and, and right. Panini, the major NFL manufacturer responded by increasing their print runs. I mean, it's obvious you can go and look at the number of eBay listings, go and look at the number of star stock listings uh, from a 2020 prism to a 2019 prism to a 2018 prism, and, and the print run has gone up. Now they have left uh, the silvers and, and other uh, parallels relatively short print run, but the, the base rookie card print run has gone up, yet Justin Herbert rookie cards, base prism rookie cards are still selling for over $100 more than probably what you could find a Lamar Jackson at was a 2018 rookie who, like you said, Heisman Trophy winner, 2019 NFL MVP, big market in Baltimore. And, and his rookie base prism rookie cards are probably cheaper right now than Justin Herbert. Um, and so I'm all about limiting, uh, under, understanding the supply and demand that's in the market of a specific rookie card and then kind of limiting my downside. You know, right. So that's a big reason why I've been investing this offseason in Jalen Hurts, because 
He was yeah. the the uh, the cheapest rookie card of the the you know four major twenty twenty rookie quarterbacks. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I've seen that, and you can also get some really slick. I just love the way those green inserts look with the green uniform, and it is also interesting that. And I know this bothers the heck out of you, Andy. It also bothers the heck out of Tom Brady. But there were a lot of jersey number switches this offseason. I know Tom Brady was angry about that. And I know (laughs) that you weren't, as a card collector, um, you see how neat your setup is in the in the background for those that are watching. You you're you're very neat, you you like things, you know, to to be consistent. You know, Jalen Hurts changes jersey number from two to one. But even then, his for those of his rookie card is still always going to be the most valuable. Your rookie is in your pro uniform uh, is always going to be the most valuable, and it obviously depends on the set. But you know that 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 obviously is you know a very interesting thing. You know, looking at Jalen Hurts, is he the quarterback of the future? Is Devonta Smith going to be that guy? The reason why I'm staying away from Jalen Hurts and Tua is because they both went to Alabama and <laughs> F Bama. I'm kidding, but uh, still, it it's. It is interesting. I'm just staying away from from all quarterbacks right now. I I honestly I honestly am, you know, I I do think Aaron Rodgers is a very interesting, you know, investing opportunity because I do see the Packers contending for another Super Bowl. I also think low key Russell Wilson is also very interesting, but then you get into is that was the first year prism and then tops was still a thing during that time. So his prices do get a little tricky as far as, you know, that, that is concerned. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I am interested in, in buying a, a Russell Wilson slab at some point because I do believe in him long-term something else about Russell Wilson is that he never gets hurt. So, you know, he's going to be on TV every week and all of that, but still, what what I would do as far as buying quarterbacks now, and you and I both made this mistake last year. You know, we we bought Joe Burrow cards right when their mosaic came out, mm-hmm. and you know, and we made that mistake, and we we took L's on that. I'm still um, holding those. Yeah, I am. I am too. But you know, I, they they printed a ton of them. So even when the pro uniform cards come out, as far as the singles are concerned, uh, which you know we'll obviously cover when that time draws near when mosaic comes out and then when prism comes out which will obviously be in the next few months as far as retail is concerned understand that even buying that those prices are going to be a little high as well so keep that in mind if you're budgeting and all of that uh you know as we get ready but you know i do want to in this first ever edition of the quest podcast with andy um, I, I do want to end with th- this big national story, and this is obviously uh, what what everyone's talking about right now. Fanatics, okay? So fanatics, you know, make strikes a deal not only with the NFLPA but with the MLBPA and the NBA PA, uh, with them taking over the contract in in 2026. So what's going to happen next with tops? What's going to happen next with? Obviously, we're in football. Panini, that's obviously the big thing right now. You know, Andy, you shared this with me before that you don't think this should affect prices too much. I'm interested as to why you feel that way. Well, um, I I don't think this is going to affect 
prices of football cards because as I understand it, Panini has an exclusive contract with the NFL to produce players in NFL um, gear. Basically, you know, they have the, they have the authority to print team logos and other uh, NFL trademarks on their cards. Whereas, you know, other, other companies like leaf or, you know, tops upper deck, they do not have the, the license or the authorization to do that. And I don't see that those, so like Leaf makes a, a great draft product every year because that's the only way they can really stay relevant in football. But they can't produce players in their, their pro uniforms or with any NFL trademark logos or anything like that because then they would be in breach of uh, Panini's or in violation of Panini's contract with the NFL. Yeah, you know, this is what I would say about this. You know, don't ever overreact to uh, a, a splash story. Obviously, none of this is really going to come into effect based on what we know until 2026. I don't think that this really affects prices now, which is why we're not going to spend too, too, too much time on it. Obviously, when things like this happen, companies like Panini might be acquired by Fanatics. I mean, they've already had, you know, Fanatics releases with cards in the past. Um, and that goes, I mean, a lot of people listening to this does have some NBA and MLB. That kind of goes along with that as well. So, you know, I don't, with big splash stories such as this, you know, I remember when it was, you know, the the big deal with Starstock when they announced, well, Kevin Durant and, and Matthew Delavadova is, is, is in, investing in our platform, which is good. And, Andy, you've made a, a good chunk of change on Starstock, and I've done okay on there as well. It's just, you know, whenever you get a big national story, the first thing to do is not overreact. It's never going to be as seismic. And when big stories like this happen, it does take years on end to actually implement it. So I don't, I don't think this is anything. It is a big story, but I don't think it's anything that should inf- affect anything that, that you should do now. Now, Andy, you know, this is obviously the most important thing before we sign off. Is there anything that people, uh, before we record, you know, our, our next one, obviously, you know, next week, whatever. Is there anything that people need to know as far as like right now that you think is very important as we get closer and closer to week one? Well, I think there's still a lot of skill position players that are undervalued. Um, and I think the best way to kind of find those guys is look at, which skill position which skill position players are moving up your draft boards in ADP their average draft position are they go are they moving from the 10th round to the 5th round if so why typically that means they're going to get a much larger opportunity share in their team's offense this year they're going to run more uh, more snaps more routes run get more targets which convert into receiving yards and touchdown and and hype and their rookie card values going up. So I'm just saying a couple guys that are going up in ADP. Should I share those guys right now? Oh, yeah, go right guys ahead, that I baby. Got, just like right off the top of my head that are, that are still like under market value of what their comparable elite counterparts are from their same draft year. So one guy I have is Miko Hardman, who is, 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 uh, is stepping up in the depth chart in Kansas City. 
Now that Sammy Watkins is gone, I think Miko Hardman is taking that step to being the number two or really number three receiving option for Patrick Mahomes behind Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And if you compare his uh, 2019 rookie, so if you go look at his Prism Silver, for example, I was able to pick one up in an eBay auction just, uh, I think it was yesterday, for $20. And if you compare that 2019 Prism Silver to a 2019 Prism Silver of, I mean, we could use A.J. Brown, for example, even though he's, you know, he's like kind of the alpha on his team. Or, um, you know, look at D.K. Metcalf, you know, he's kind of the alpha on his team. But those guys are 5, 6X. Those, those cards are over $100. And you've got to think that a wide receiver two or three in the Kansas City offense makes some big splash plays, field stretcher, could at least go up to $40, $50. So right. that's the kind of card I look at getting in on in anticipation of, of him having a big game week one with Mahomes, and then I sell it for 50, 60 bucks. Right. That I like that. I, I like McCall Hardman. I'm gonna give um I'm I'm gonna give a legend advice right now. Okay, so in this first episode, I'm wearing a actual knockoff Michael Jordan shirt right here. And obviously a lot of people get into the hobby because you know Gary V talks about the 1986 Jordan Fleer. I do want to focus in on one legend that I think could potentially be just a little undervalued right now, and that is Drew Brees. Look, mm. you know, I I, I don't – you look at Drew Brees, so 2001 tops would be his most collectible card, right? Well, Drew Brees isn't going to be in, in the news as much. You know, Drew Brees, there's going to be some people that are – willing to move off to go rather spend their money on Justin Herbert or, or spend their money on uh, Joe Burrow. And I understand I'm a Saints guy. I don't have any Drew Brees cards. I don't. I really don't. I don't have any collectible Drew Brees. So this is not a pump and dump at the end of the episode, okay? I I do want to share the Drew Brees five 5,000-yard passing seasons. Drew Brees eventually is going to be on a lot of broadcast. He's going to have a career in broadcasting. So in other words, you're going to be seeing Drew Brees a lot. He is still going to be in the news. This is not like what we were talking about a minute ago with, you know, Tim Duncan, who, you know, is a legend like Drew Brees. But, you know, you never hear from him. You never see anything. That's going to be the opposite with Drew Brees. You're going to see him all over the place. And I haven't checked his prices recently, but Drew Brees' prices aren't anywhere close to that of Tom Brady or even Peyton Manning, who just had his Hall of Fame, you know, hype period right there. So you know Drew Brees is going to have a Hall of Fame hype period coming up in the next five years. You also know Drew Brees is going to be on NBC a bunch. You also know Drew Brees is top 10, top 15 quarterback of all time. So, you know, I understand right now the idea is to focus on current players and and you know i'm i'm more of a lower end guy you know andy as well uh, but i do think if there was a legend to target like you said earlier andy this is key go for guys that aren't currently in the hype cycle but you know for certain will eventually be in the hype cycle uh moving forward and let's be honest here drew Brees likes being in the camera okay drew Brees is a really good guy but he does have an ego, right? 
there's going to be multiple Drew Brees documentaries, okay? For what he did for my home state of Louisiana, what he did for New Orleans, there's going to be a lot of Drew Brees documentaries. It's not going to have it's not going to be like last dance kind of stuff. It's not going to be to that level, but it's going to be big, right? So, I think as far as legends are concerned, you do want to focus on guys that aren't in the news cycle right now. And Tom Brady, of course, is in the news cycle. He's getting ready for another season. He just had the $2.2 million card. And obviously, Drew Brees isn't on Tom Brady's level. But he's in that next-tier discussion. So just keep his prices in mind. Obviously, go to the PWCC vault. That's another good way you can look at the sales history of a card or card ladder or whatever. I, I would be very interested to see if Drew Brees' prices do go down. I, I am going to pounce and because I he's a legend. I think it's a safe investment. But there, there you go, yeah. Andy. I, I, I think it's a good idea, Carter. And I honestly, I think Drew Brees has got two rookie cards. Right. Two, two got- rookie cards in different years. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of people forget, like myself included, I forgot he ever played for the Chargers before he played for the Saints, you know? And so I went and looked up Drew Brees' 2006 Bowman Chrome, the first year in the Saints uniform, and a lot of people agree with me that that's like their card. Like that first year in the Saints uniform is is a card that holds good value. And and I think uh, you're, you're absolutely right, man. There's going to be so much attention on all the current active players that Drew Brees' cards should go well undervalued. And then one day when he's announced as a Hall of Famer and he becomes, signs contract with NBC or NFL Network or whatever, and he's on TV a lot, then he'll be absolutely relevant and those card values will go up almost almost guaranteed. I mean, Peyton Manning's went up this past year when he was announced as a Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah, I'm looking at Drew Brees' PSA 9 tops and get for 200 dollars 2001 that's his base and let me let me look that up really quickly 2006 chrome let me see uh not rookie uh 2006 chrome yeah man you can get some decent prices on this and that's a beautiful card i never thought about getting the first as a saints fan i never thought about getting the first year Chrome, because obviously, you know, Drew Brees is known for his Saints career. Um, But yeah, Andy, I think this was a a fun first episode. For those that don't know, if if we actually decide to post this one, this is our first time I can ever (laughs) actually do it. Our episodes probably won't be this, this, this long, but obviously this was uh, the the, the first one. And obviously subscribe. And what's very interesting is you can check out Andy's YouTube channel. Go to the Fantasy Football Card Quest. He's always got something New, I, I watch every video. You open cards, you share very important advice, you have contests, you have giveaways. Uh, you also have underdog fantasy drafts, which are you know very fun as well. Uh, that I'm also a part of. Shout out to underdog fantasy. Um, you know, it's it's uh, your, your channel's amazing, and that's why we're doing this podcast, you know, to have a more uh, you know, conversational feel and answer as many questions as, as possible. So, Andy, man, this this was fun, man. The quest, baby. The que- the world will one day know about the fantasy football card quest. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.